0: Back to Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and video games with a stew of other pop culture. I'm Doug. I'm Katie. And it's a book club episode. Hey. And we read 2022's Lavender House, a queer murder mystery that takes place in the 1950s. But before we get into all the seedy details, let's check in on all the <laughs> stuff we've been playing, watching, or thinking about lately. Katie, what have you been playing?
1: Hmm... I did not take the break between
0: Breath of the Wild
1: and Tears of the Kingdom. Uh huh. So I am like 25 plus hours into Tears yeah. of the Kingdom without really doing much of the story. I am just doing shrines uh-huh. and walking around in all the different places that there are and building things. Sometimes things that you don't expect to work, but that do work. Um, uh, so I've been having a lot of fun in uh in High Rule as uh Link, my favorite Barbie.
0: <laughs> that really caught me off guard. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I dress him up and we have fun and we play things together.
0: Um I <laughs> very much want to hear more about this but I do feel like based on what I've been playing I may as well just say it and we should just talk Yeah. Uh, funny you should mention Breath of the Wild (laughs) Um,
1: I've noticed something Doug
0: remember that one time like I don't know like a couple months ago where you mentioned that you had like you know deleted your save file on Breath of the Wild and started over and we had Mm -hmm. a laugh about maybe that was silly Mm -hmm. I did the same Mm -hmm. thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) welcome So I've been playing Breath
0: of the Wild, uh, because I never finished that, while you have been playing uh, Tears of the Kingdoms. So we've got a bot wee tot we double feature or tot key double feature. Bot Wee da- yeah. Um love yeah. it. Yeah uh so it's it's been Zelda full here over on novel gaming. I uh since you didn't take a break, I'm so curious. Uh I, I feel like I know the answer since you're twenty-five hours in, but sounds like no fatigue <laughs> from that.
1: Yeah. No fatigue. Uh, I it's it's become a game, especially because right now I have been doing a lot of the sp- the like story stuff, and mm-hmm. this is what a lot of my kind of end of Breath of the Wild in my most recent playthrough was too, is more like a meditative. Let me wander around, see if I can find some shrines, see if yeah. I can get some orbs, and do that sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, with the new kind of power set in Top uh, it evolved enough from the power set in uh, Botwe. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how does it, what are the acronyms? <laughs> um, so it is like, it feels fresh and interesting to continue playing. It feels like a, a natural evolution. And I've been, I've been continuing to enjoy it. Uh, I'm excited to do story stuff. Because the story stuff seems interesting, but I've just been needing some Zen chill moments. And so uh, that's why I've been just kind of going around and seeing what's up.
0: Yeah, that's relatable.
1: Yeah. I'm interested because you have talked before about how Breath of the Wild has felt overwhelming and you, you got somewhat far in but didn't beat the game. And so how is your experience going this time?
0: Yeah, well, I didn't get that far in is what I'm learning, um, oh. so that's a piece. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but I think this time around, because of what I experienced that prompted me to restart a file, which was going into an old file I hadn't played in a really long time, and really truly feeling like I just could not find footing at all, um, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I am just going to be kind of, m- this is going to sound uh probably like sterile but it's been good like be methodical and like just kind of work towards one thing um which sounds weird i think for some folks because it's a game where you can kind of choose to do whatever you want but when you're talking about like playing something sort of zen like that really resonated with me i think one of the reasons i ended up going to breath of the wild was because i was like i kind of just want a game that's going to give me those like for me like Far Cry, like unlock the map Mm. and then just like do shit vibes. And so I was like, well, I don't feel like playing a Far Cry game. I played a little bit of an Assassin's Creed game and then was like, wait a second, why am I not just playing Zelda? Like it's what people (laughs) are talking about. And I was talking about maybe like playing it, right? So that's kind of what prompted it. And that's just kind of what I've been doing. I've just been working my way towards each tower. I unlocked my map. And now currently I'm working on like getting enough orbs to get my master sword and it's been like very narrowly focused you know which i think has been a good thing um for not sort of getting overwhelmed or getting lost in it is that kind of what you've i guess i guess we should put a warning of like just i guess potentially maybe mild spoilers but it's whatever you want to talk about um or feel comfortable talking about is that kind of what you've been doing is just like going to points and opening up the map or collecting things. I obviously haven't played Tears of the Kingdom, so I don't know what what the analogy to getting the towers and shrines or if there is anything like that is in Taki.
1: Yeah, so there there are towers and shrines, but they look a little different um and act a little different. I mean, kind of. They kind of act the same as the <laughs> towers and shrines. They just look different yeah. as the towers and shrines in uh Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of element. But they're because of the different power sets you have and you don't have to climb the tower to unlock it, something else happens Hmm. uh, to have you unlock it. So um, I have been doing some of that, but I've also just been like talking to everybody uh, in the game. So there are a good amount of side quests, but there are also like a good amount of not side quests, but other things that people will tell you about that Mm -hmm. might not be, like, super marked on a map. Like, you can't click on a thing and it'll tell you, here's where you need to go to get that thing. Um, So, like, I've been doing some of the, like, let me... Let me explore some areas that some people have talked about to see what sorts of things I can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, ve- I'm very much trying to talk about things in generic ways so as to not spoil anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can I say went whatever in... to
0: me because I'll forget. But if you don't want to say things for folks listening, I totally get it.
1: Yeah, because I very intentionally went into this game not knowing anything about story, not knowing anything about you know kind of level design i have any i had ideas based on breath of the wild but mm-hmm. i've been enjoying that experience and i've still been kind of avoiding people talking about it in any sort of detail so that i can experience it and like try to figure stuff out on my own which yeah. has been fun cuz i I very much am a gamer when things have been out for a while or even sometimes new. I'm like, let me just look at what the guide says I should do. Mm-hmm. Uh if I like hit any sort of resistance. But I've been trying to to let that go and play around a little bit more in, in yeah.
0: the game. That makes sense to me. And it's funny because I think the answer then is sort of like no, we're achieving Zen in like kind of opposite ways. 'cause like mm-hmm. i'm I'm like my narrow focus is like I'm not even talking to people, you know what I mean, I'm like I'm like I see you, you look cool, but I'll probably run into you again, you know, like I'm on a mission right. over here, um <laughs> but I think it's been easy to do that because Breath of the Wild has been out for so long, and it is so easy for me to just instantaneously find kind of what I need yeah. to like get to that piece, and then maybe once I'm confident I'm beyond where I got, I'll like lay off that a little bit. Um, yeah, but uh, it sounds like you're sort of free flowing, kind of like vibing, finding folks, seeing what they have to say, and just sort of like letting that take you places, which is cool.
1: Yeah, and it's been really cool to to see some of the places that I so recently spent a lot of time yeah. in, in Botwe and how they have transformed in Tatki. So that's been a really fun kind of thing to discover.
0: That is something I'm really excited about, and it kind of makes me feel like I shouldn't wait too long after I finish Breath of the Wild to play Tears of the Kingdom, because I love that. I think that's so fun. Far Cry had a game like that where it was like a sequel to a game as opposed to like the next installment, and it was X number of years later. So it was like fun to encounter things that I was like, I recognize this, and it's interesting to see like how it changed over time. So the fact that Zelda's doing that in this uh, is really exciting to me.
1: Yeah, it's really cool uh, and really fun. And there are new kind of elements to it as well that i had no idea about i mean you know everybody knows about the sky thing because every promotional thing was (laughs) fucking link jumping and leaping (laughs) off of sky stuff but Mm -hmm. there are other you know other levels to it which is cool
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah, it seems, I mean, understatement, it seems cool. <laughs> it seems fucking awesome, actually. <laughs>
1: that seems fun. That seems nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I'm glad um, to hear that there wasn't any fatigue, um, you know, going right into it. And then it's been fun going right into it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I
1: I did play one couple hour game in between. Oh, sure. Just as like a little palate cleanser. But um, it was literally like maybe a four hour game, mm-hmm. you know could beat it in one sitting if you really wanted to type of thing so nice. uh yeah nice. how about have wh- wh- you been dabbling in anything else no you but i'm ask curious me what? as to what the four-hour
0: yeah. game was
1: <laughs> oh, and let me like google the full title oh it's one, the one of the first yeah. part of it was called behind the frame
0: Ooh. and
1: then behind the frame the finest scenery so it's Whoa. a game it's kind of like a puzzle game that kind of surrounds an artist uh an art type mm-hmm. stuff i didn't i'm not i didn't fully understand the ending so oh, interesting like a true <laughs> art game i was like what just happened here because <laughs> i thought i understood yeah and then i wasn't quite sure so um if anybody knows
0: the style Please of this is know. very appealing, and knowing that it's only four yeah. hours, and it looks like it's kind of on every console, um yes. Maybe I'll maybe at some point I'll I'll play this, and we can compare notes. Yes, yeah. Figure out if we can figure it out. You know, <laughs> I I would love to. <laughs> nice, nice. But no, you I know? haven't. The only other thing I I guess I played was like that little bit of uh, Assassin's Creed before I moved over to to uh, breath of the wild and it was fun yeah. i think i will eventually go back and play it but it, i just think breath of the wild was more what i was actually looking for uh, especially because yeah. it's more like naturey <laughs> and mm, i feel definitely. like that fit kind of like the serenity i was seeking
1: <laughs> yeah which uh which assassin's creed was it
0: assassin's creed 2 just straight up oh okay yeah i th- like uh i have playstation plus whatever the top whatever, th- I don't know what any of the names are called, but I get access to all the, all the games, right? <laughs> and they have basically every Assassin's Creed ever on there. Uh, and mm-hmm. way back in the day, I started playing just Assassin's Creed 1, I think on like PS3 or something, despite everyone being like, you can maybe just skip it. It's like not that great. Um, the controls, yeah. And sure yeah. enough, I didn't finish it. So this time around, I was like, Doug, just ignore your compulsion to play the first one and just go to two like everybody told you to do. Um, and it was fun. I mean, it's it, it still plays nice, you know?
1: Yeah. I would say you could even just jump around to whatever because the oh. story to me is nonsensical. Uh, Black Flag with pirates, so I, fun.
0: That Well, so that's that's probably, you know, if I make my way through Assassin's Creed 2, that's the one I would play next. Um, nice. Because I have, I if you asked me to explain what Assassin's Creed is, like, I don't think I could. I don't understand. It <laughs> seems like there's so much extra stuff that doesn't need to be there like it would just be cool to play like a historical assassination game um but there's like this whole present day like sci-fi thing that i really thought was not going to be in the second one anymore i was like maybe that's what people didn't like about the first one and i looked it up and like sure enough it's still i guess it's still a thing so i don't know i don't need that part i just want to jump around (laughs) I want to climb things. I want mm-hmm. to jump into
1: a hay bale. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, we get each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, funny enough, I don't think I've uh, assassinated anybody yet. I like beat some, huh. beat up some some jerks. <laughs> right but, on. Yeah, just face no to face. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Eventually, I'm sure I'll assassinate <laughs> someone. It would be weird not to.
1: Yeah. The, what if the game was called Assassin's Creed, but you never actually do any assassinations?
0: No assassins, no. Think Creed. about that. Yeah. When are Creed songs gonna play? I've been waiting for that. <laughs> oh
1: God. With the arms wide open. That actually plays when you jump off of the highest point in the game.
0: Oh shoot! I gotta find that. Okay. It's a it's a jump high enough that the entire song is able to play. Can
1: play right. Perfect. Yes. Oh, that's my yeah. kind of game.
0: <laughs> well um, <laughs> let's talk about what we've been wonderful. watching um what have you been watching katie
1: yeah so doug you mentioned something on the huh. last podcast <laughs> um that i full fully fell into and uh-huh. cannot stop thinking or talking about yeah um, which is the ultimita the ultimatum the ultimatum (laughs) uh i forget what the tagline is queer Queer love Love. (laughs) yeah uh and boy oh boy i felt like marie kondo because i love mess Uh, and it was so (laughs) messy it's so messy it made me feel bad sometimes watching it because like these are people's real lives yes uh and i I like I know I asked you a bunch of questions about mm-hmm. typically what sort of support do people on these types of shows get? Do they get to see therapists? Do they get to do these other sorts of things? Do people like intervene uh and like help them when they see these sometimes big things happening? And you were like, No, you yeah. don't do that.
0: Usually <laughs> don't. I, I think like most reality shows will have, like, on-call people, right? So, like, you know, any of the ones that are, like, particularly dangerous will have, like, on-site medics and stuff. But I think Mm -hmm. a lot of them have, like, oh, yeah, we have, like, an on-call therapist or an on-call counselor. Um, And I feel like, I guess in some circumstances, I could see where that would be appropriate. But in any... I I have long believed that, one, all reality TV and all people on reality TV, TV... should be provided therapy or access to therapy by the production company and the people taking care Mm -hmm. of them. Uh, But two, that any show that has to do with romance or has Mm -hmm. the sort of like understanding that sex may be an element should have therapists everywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you you know, you and I were listening to a podcast and I really liked one of the suggestions somebody made, which was like, why are you not just making couples therapy part of the experience?
1: Right. Like, I thought that was it really smart. Like, why is it
0: part of the show?
1: Because it could then be a both and, right? Yeah. Like, and I know therapy in front of a camera would obviously be different, but sure. maybe they can have individual therapy behind, you know, a closed door and that yeah. couples therapy portion is, you know, for the cameras or something. Yeah. 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 I was just like, damn, this is wild. These are pe- like, these are people's lives mm-hmm. that they are putting on display And they're going through some shit. Yeah. I want them. I want them to get the help. And I also want polyamory to be a thing. Yeah. So many poly solutions. I know. Okay. (laughs) So
0: spoiler warning here, because we simply need to talk about the finale and the reunion to really get into Mm -hmm. that in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's the spoiler warning for the entirety of uh, Ultimatum Queer Love. Somebody mentioned in the reunion, like, oh, you know, and I thought, like, I felt like I was becoming, like, the spokesperson for polyamory, and I didn't want that. And I was like, why? Why not? (laughs) Some of you clearly are interested in that. But why? (laughs) (laughs) There are, what, eight or ten of you or something like that. And it is, like shocking to me that none of you walked away with two partners i don't understand yeah. how that didn't happen
1: genuinely blew my mind <laughs> uh, with at least two partners there was one where i was like two and two makes four y'all would be yeah like y'all could work through this together right
0: <laughs> even just like occasionally you know like some of you clearly just needed like uh you know like some some spice every once in a while <laughs> like, yeah something a little different you know and that's okay uh, yeah. yeah, I honestly like I never watched the original ultimatum with straight people. I n- probably won't ever watch it. But if they keep doing same like queer seasons, if this is just like its own separate series, uh, I will continue to watch that because it just is unfathomable to me that this whole season happened and no polyamory came out of it at all. All like not even. And I'm not even talking about like polyamory long term relationship. We didn't even get like any mention of like a threesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like any sort of like cross pollination outside of the like specifically designated trial marriages. It's like this is there was like no, no open relationships. Nothing.
1: Yeah. In the in the first episode, I feel like it was Mal who said something about it might have even been. Xander and Vanessa, like, oh, you two are cute. Yeah. Like as a couple, y'all are cute, right? And I was like, ooh. And Mal very much talked in ways that made me feel like they would be good in a polyamorous relationship, right? Understanding, uh feelings for multiple people can all exist at the same time yeah. give people space right like all these things i was like mal you are emotionally mature enough i think <laughs> to mal, be able to handle this
0: mal deserves the world uh mal <laughs> deserves everything <laughs> like i just want the best for mal uh yeah. and you're totally right i mean there was a whole storyline That basically was just like, I'm in love with two people, what do I do? And Mal, the original partner to that person who was having that, uh, what she viewed as a dilemma, was just like, that's okay, I get it. That's fine. I'm not going to try to stop you from being in love with someone. Like, Right. uh, Yeah. Mal doesn't see it as a problem. (laughs) Mal sees no issue here as long as like... Y'all are still doing your thing and you're being honest and open about everything. Like I just right. Oh my gosh. I need another season <laughs> because I need someone to like inject that into the experiment. Yes. Because <laughs> it I would agree. solve a lot.
1: I agree. I did though the the finale, Ugh. I was shocked at everything, everything. But then I when I had the reunion I was like this all makes sense so for the most part I was still a little bit shocked about some things
0: well I was shocked by the reunion only because I was already shocked by the finale so like there was a part of me watching the show where I was like okay they're putting up like multi-year long relationships up against three week relationships while Mm -hmm. they know they're going back to their partner of many years so like I was in the back of my head, I was like, I could see a scenario where basically everybody just proposes to their original partner, right? And right. that's almost what happened. <laughs> and there were couples where I was like, you should not be you together. Not. Like, I'm hope, I'm yes. actively hoping, most not for couples. your misery, but for your happiness uh, right. to not be with each other. Um, but I felt like the way that they structure it, it was almost like, of course, most people are going to propose. And of course, most people are going to say yes. And I think that was like... Right mostly kind of like epitomized by Mal um and Yoli and oh Xander God. where that it was, was like so sad to watch where Mal proposes to Yoli and Yoli like before Yoli gets the Yoli's chance to reaction. even talk to Xander right yeah. and so then of course Yoli is like yes and i was like you don't mean that I, we all are watching you and can tell you do not mean that and then right. went you talk you to are Xander like
1: crying so hard yeah. right now and not actually like you're not being very excited about this. Like I, you should not be saying yes.
0: I don't know how anybody. And this isn't like a dig at Yo Lee. It's more like the whole scenario and right. people needing to be like more honest in the moment if you're going to be a part of this sort of experience. Man, Vanessa, Ugh. Vanessa was Ugh.
1: a secret MVP for being honest, I think. Wild a lot journey. Of the time. We
0: we will have <laughs> yeah. to talk about Vanessa. <laughs> but like I don't know how anybody, whether it's Mal or Xander, could watch Yoli's reaction to anything they were saying oh, yeah. in those moments and be like, I feel good about how she's acting right now. And again, nothing right. against Yoli, but like it just was clear that like this was not an enthusiastic yes. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's what yeah. you're looking for, right? That's what you're hoping for.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what you want when you propose to somebody.
0: <laughs> you is like would a, think so. And they
1: they talked about the hell yes so much. And
0: none of them, well, I shouldn't say none. But I don't think almost any of the proposals were an enthusiastic yes. I feel like, ironically, like Ray and Lexi was like the, the most closest. enthusiastic yeah. yes. All the other ones were like, like Sam, I was like, you're not going to say yes, are you? Holy That's shit, you're not going to say yes.
1: Did that stupid fucking rock thing. And I was Aussie. like, Ozzy, oh. what are you doing?
0: I don't know why. You need to stop. I I wanted to give Aussie the benefit of the doubt and and say like okay maybe this is like a thing we just as an audience don't know is a thing between Sam and Aussie like Sam will get it but it was Very so clear Sam did not get it and then I was like oh <laughs> yeah. why did you do this Sam this was is like not are like are an inside me element right of your relationship. <laughs> Right, so I couldn't yes. believe Sam said yes. I couldn't believe they were still together at the reunion. They were the
1: only Shocked. couple. Shocked. <laughs> well, I want Sam. the best for Sam too, Sam. Sam I want to have and the I world. I want the best
0: for Aussie, and I just don't know how Aussie's going to get that when Aussie's in a relationship before they work on on themselves. <laughs> like, I just, right. And uh, then yes. I guess you could I mean, get both. You could get both. You know, depending. On, like they have a history, so you know who knows. But as long as they're yeah. both getting what they need, and I just like as as a you know couch quarterback to these relationships like just like are you are you please I want to know I need to know
1: please keep doing (laughs) please keep doing or start therapy if you have not please I, I genuinely want the best for pretty much everybody that was on the show, because like they are real people, and they are—I realized they were in a situation that is not their norm, and oh, they can for mess sure. with your head, and all this. And it's like their real lives with real life consequences afterwards. Like when Vanessa was like, "This is the lowest point of my life,"
0: uh. <laughs> like in
1: the reunion. Uh, I was like, "Damn!" Like you really felt, and because yeah. for a long time people were very anti. Vanessa uh and like you really felt a lot of things while you were on that show and like her and Xander were together for four years yeah before that happened and then they didn't talk for like unbelievable at least a year afterwards
0: the
1: number Uh, of them who
0: were just like we haven't spoken I was like gagged absolutely gagged yes Yeah, the the Vanessa thing I think is like the best example of something this show and it's it, it you know it's always good to constantly be reminded that like these are real people and they're their real experiences. But (laughs) like, also when they're making a show like this, they're making editing choices for storytelling, which isn't to say that they're changing what people are saying or doing, but they are presenting us a package. And I feel like Vanessa is the best example of something that happened with so many people on this series where it was like there was one story week one. And nearly everything flipped upside down oh for gosh. me week two, and I was and like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" Like, and you and I were listening. I mentioned that podcast. We were listening to the um, the Rehap up for uh, such the, a good name. Yeah, it's great, right? Um, for uh, for the ultimatum that was featuring particularly this season, somebody from Survivor named Doctor mm-hmm. Evie Doctor Evy Jagoda, and they in the first week's recap was talking about how like, I don't trust Lexi. I don't know about her. And I remember being like that first week being like, yes, Lexi, call it out. Go Lexi. And then by the second week, I was like, she's kind of terrible. She's kind of obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe Vanessa is like, you know, awkward and is figuring things out and says weird things sometimes. And, uh, and all that. But by the time the second week rolled around, I was like, but she's our weird person who says weird things and does weird things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm. man. And yeah. hilarious that like Xander kind of who who in that first week, I was like, we must protect Xander at all costs. Kind of became like, for lack of a, a, a better term, I guess, like kind of the fuckboy of the season. <laughs> like
1: like so Xander much what sex the with hell? Xander. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was like you are but, playing people right now. Like you are just actively and I feel like Yoli got most of the heat for that, but I was like, Zan, we cannot let Xander off the hook because they are quiet, like and because they're slick." <laughs> like yes, that's what they're doing right now. They're being slick. At least
1: Yoli <laughs> Yoli was not telling the full truth at some parts, right? With like, yeah. "Oh, well, I'm going to go talk to Mildred right now," right? Yeah. But actually, I'm going to go talk to Xander. But when Mal asked or when they got back together, mm-hmm. Yoli was upfront about, I love, I'm in love with this person. Yeah. When Vanessa asked Xander, Xander was just quiet and yeah. like never, at least they never showed Xander saying like, I fell in love with Yoli to Vanessa. I know. Uh, and Xander kept kind of, I felt so bad for Vanessa sometimes. because yes. like. Vanessa was like, I hate having to keep saying this. Like, I I hate that I keep. Ha- I feel like a fool because I'm mm-hmm. keeping this up and I keep saying it, and you're not saying anything back. Um, yeah. And I was like, damn, Xander. Like, just because people think you're like cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> your
1: quietness, like, also speaks. Yeah. Is like a thing.
0: I feel like Xander yeah. got us all because I feel like everybody just looked at Xander and was like, "Oh, hey," you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and they duped us. <laughs> Xander duped us yeah. all. And and you know, and like not- you said, I want the best for everybody, and it was clear right. that Xander was like extremely hurt by the end of of everything, just based on how the structure of things were set up. Yeah. And I felt very bad for Xander. Uh, don't get yeah. me wrong, but there were times if I had to pick one person who I thought was being like honestly like the most blatantly disrespectful at any given point i think i would put xander at number one and then Hmm. maybe yoli at number two (laughs) they were just in people's faces i was like you're not even trying to be to be like discreet discreet about any of this and then when you are like you said when you're being discreet and getting asked about it one of you is telling the truth and the other one's not saying anything so I just was like, "This is wild." Also, Mildred at the reunion. Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah, that's what one. It was. It was weird that maybe that's number one disrespect
0: because that was like malicious.
1: That's abuse. Yeah, Uh, not just disrespect, but abuse.
0: Very fair point. (laughs) Different list, maybe. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was so weird how like there was no, the there was no intervention. The like host did not intervene. The closest thing was that when Tiff had finally had enough and walked off, Sam stood up and said something like, you know, I, I didn't think that was right or something mm-hmm. along those lines and then went to go check in on Tiff. And I don't know what, again, because there's probably more than they're showing us if they edited out people's responses or whatever, but it was very weird to have this, uh... This interaction, mm-hmm. this abuse, both in the kind of moment, verbally and emotionally, and then like having the like, oh, there was also physical abuse.
0: Yeah. And then
1: it just going, it not being kind of addressed in any sort of substantial way. I, not even like a, if you're experiencing this afterwards, please call the domestic violence hotline or something. dropped
0: the ball so hard on that. That feels like such a standard, like think like baseline responsibility thing that most like bigger reality tv shows at this point do where it's like yeah. we got to make sure that if someone's watching this and they they identify oh shit this is happening to me that they have right. something to turn to and netflix yeah. totally dropped the ball and i the host was so bad so bad in that yeah, reunion god. like just there like i i oh my god and they
1: ugh. should never say i don't even want to say it f-gate they should have never said
0: that. What? That was so uncomfortable
1: no. to hear that come out of their mouth.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Really yeah, just, just bad all around. Not interjecting, not guiding conversation, letting things happen that just should not have not have been happening. I you know, Vicky, our our former co-host um texted us in the group chat and was like is it weird that the host isn't queer and we were both kind of like yeah but i was sort of like yeah but what you know who knows whatever maybe it's I like they were their new host for the time. whole thing or whatever mm-hmm. but then like the more i thought about it and hearing more people be like why the fuck is she not queer on the show i was mm-hmm. like yeah it is actually weirder than i initially thought i was just thinking like shows going through host changes plus like it's not a specifically queer series so i was like maybe this just was their new host moving forward so i kind of was not, I guess, hard enough on it. Um But then by the time we got to the reunion, not only was it weird that they didn't have a queer person to be able to talk about some of the things this entirely queer cast was talking about, but then to just be such a bad reunion host and like have no ability to mediate any of what they were doing. Yeah. I was like, I I I don't need Nick and Vanessa back, but I also don't want who I I don't even remember her name, unfortunately. Um I don't need this person back either. <laughs> yeah, we need that somebody who's volumes. like prepped. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tiff's friend.
0: Oh yes, please, please. She was so yeah. uh, Natalia. Was that her name or, uh, or Natalie? I was going to say
1: Natasha. Natasha. Something with an I think N. it's
0: Natasha. I think you're right. Um, she was so comfortable, like interjecting and being like, "Well, why do you think that? Well, maybe you should try this." Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. just people were saying it i think maybe facetiously at first I but i agree yeah <laughs> she would be great yeah oh uh, yeah yeah anyway we clearly have a lot of feelings about the ultimate of queer love
1: constantly <laughs> more than constantly either one of us probably about it.
0: ever could have predicted
1: we could talk for hours oh my
0: gosh please be a season two but also add therapists this time yes
1: yes yes <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was. My, did you want to mention any other things you're watching?
0: I won't talk deeply about it, but I know I probably won't talk about it next time if I don't mention it here. I finally started watching We're Here uh, with Bob, the drag oh. queen Eureka and Shangela. Um, yeah, and uh, if you need a show to cry to, <laughs> in a good way, in a good way, yeah. Um, in like a, a wholesome way. Sometimes it's because things are sad and, and are addressed and are and are out in the open and, and sort of like a tearing the bandage off kind of like it hurts but it's good mm-hmm. type of way. And sometimes right. just in like a nice wholesome way. Uh but uh who I I watched a few episodes and was crying at every episode, so I'm going to not blast through that one, and I think I'm going to save it for those days where I'm like, I need to let out some emotion. (laughs) I need something cathartic. I need
1: (laughs) something from my heart.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So wholesome drag content. Hell, yeah. (laughs) Well, is there anything else you are thinking about in the realm of pop culture or culture in general? Just going to shout
1: out, yeah, super quickly. Two new amazing um, albums that have come out Ooh, recently. yes, please. One, Kesha's Gag Order. Or mm-hmm. g- is it Gag Order? I think it's Gag I Order. I think so. Uh, and then two, Janelle Monae's Age of Pleasure. Very mm. different vibes. Both <laughs> very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. How about you?
1: Anything you're thinking about?
0: Um... There was a bunch of, like, animation announcements that I'm excited about. The trailer for Pixar's Elio just dropped. That's exciting. A bunch of video mm-hmm. game announcements, like Star Wars Outlaws. Oh, yeah. Like, there's Hell just, like, yeah. a bunch of news. I guess it's, like, that time. It's, like, summer where everyone gets hype about stuff, I guess. But um, so there's plenty. <laughs> there's plenty of stuff, yeah. you know?
1: Lots of good things on Lots the way. of good
0: things, gaming and otherwise. <laughs> mm-hmm. But let's talk about this book, eh? Yeah, let's uh, do it. All right, so like I mentioned earlier, we are talking about 2022's Lavender House by Lev A.C. Rosen. Um, And uh, like I mentioned, it's a queer mystery, and I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yeah. I'm very interested, Doug, Mm -hmm. as to how and why uh, you chose this. Yeah. And found out about it.
0: Incredibly simple uh, explanation. Somebody at work recommended it to me, uh, and I asked a couple (laughs) questions that made me feel confident it would be like a nice read for us because anything that's a, a book involving murder i will have some questions anything that's a queer great. murder i have even more uh and i was yep. like you know what i'm checking some boxes here that are a-okay let's do it <laughs> nice. that's really all it boiled down to yeah
1: i love that uh, yeah good good job
0: <laughs> thank you coworker.
1: <laughs> Also, yeah, thank you, Doug's coworkers. Yeah,
0: I also don't read mysteries almost ever. So th- I thought this was like a fun opportunity. Even though we typically will read like fantasy or sci-fi, um, this I felt like was a good way t- for me to read a mystery. And since it was uh, very gay, I figured you'd be down to read it with me. So gay. Yeah. yeah,
1: we can get into it more. I've read some mysteries, but I've never read such a queer mystery. Mm-hmm. And I wish... I wish there were more.
0: <laughs> well, I have some great news for you. Uh, this is the first there of are? what will eventually be a series, because there's a <gasps> second one coming out in October featuring the same oh, detective. Shit. Yep. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we will not Hell have yeah. to wait long for the next uh, the next Andy Mills mystery.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> That's exciting.
0: I know. I was pumped when I found out, because uh, uh, I wanted more of this one, so- yeah. Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, because it is a mystery, uh, we will spoil everything. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. So if, and I feel like that's especially we're saying with the mystery, because like the whole point of a mystery is like, who did it? Uh, and we will say who did it. So <laughs> if you don't yeah, want to know that, gonna happen. do not listen. <laughs> yeah. um, so there's the warning, even before we get to our description. So that is <laughs> out there. Uh, Do you, by any chance, have a one-sentence description for this one?
1: Well, one thing before I go into the one-sentence description, because it caught me off guard. In the beginning, there is a lot of talk about suicide by the main character. Mm. Uh, So just like a heads up that it starts out pretty, pretty strong around that. And then it gets mentioned a little bit. And then by the end, it's no longer like really mentioned a whole lot but the main character in the beginning is like contemplating um dying by suicide so like a heads up that that is a thing
0: i appreciate you saying that i also will throw out there that the likelihood with every character being queer, pretty much, is high for this to happen. But there was also some violence against queer folks, specifically because they were queer. So that is something <laughs> yes. worth mentioning as well. Uh, that I did not uh, did not know, even with the questions that I asked the person who was recommending it. So, uh, yeah. if you were, if this sounds exciting to you, but those do not sound like things you will enjoy, uh, hopefully you've got all the information you need to sort of decide if this one's for you.
1: Yeah. Okay, my one sentence description uh is I mean, it's not ready to go. Is yours ready to go? Because if yours is ready to go, you can go.
0: I don't Okay, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't know how much more I can say than what we've said so far, which is that it is a 1950s murder mystery featuring like an entirely queer cast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the only things I would add on were like a little bit more detail about stuff. So 1950s murder mystery featuring uh, an ex-cop who ends up kind of in this lavender house uh, full of queer folks where there's kind of like, I forget what it's called. Is it like a closed circle mystery? Someone in this tight knit group. There's some sort of name for it, but someone (laughs) in this group has killed somebody else in this group and you know let's figure it out okay that makes sense
0: because what i saw being described as a lot and i don't have the reference yet for this because i haven't seen these movies no one kill me um but uh i saw a lot of people saying it's knives out but make it gay and that makes sense to me because knives out is like a small group of people right Mm -hmm. where it's like someone in here did it (laughs) we just got to figure out who and that's that is very much what this is yeah yes okay okay yeah Oh, I'm excited to talk about this. I had a lot of fun, and I don't know if it's because I don't read mysteries that much that this was just like a fun new sort of like experience for me. I have no way to measure, like, was this a good mystery or a bad mystery? All I know is I had fun reading it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I liked a lot too. of the characters.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think, like, I mean, just right off the bat, like f- further delving into the plot, right? Yeah. So the main character, Vander Andy, as uh, he's known by his friends he doesn't have uh, yeah. yet, um, is at a bar and gets approached by uh, this woman named Pearl and is like, boy, oh boy, do I have a job for you. <laughs> uh, and brings him into this house of a fucking like soap dynasty, mm-hmm. which is like. What an amazing and campy <laughs> introduction. I love, it. <laughs> like, I love it
0: so much. So when you think of like good a big sort of like uh like the rich person in town because they like struck the right industry. You don't think soap. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but it makes for such a like fascinating, interesting like murder victim, right? Like this like rich lady who who was eccentric and passionate about soap
1: <laughs> loved, loved coming up with the perfect number of petals mm-hmm. in the soap bar yeah. like and had a fucking i imagined giant library full of different oh, scents yeah. uh and like going around sniffing things and being like should this go in there no mm-hmm. should this one go in there uh like to the point where they were like oh yeah you could hear her sniffing uh <laughs> so it's just like so fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Eccentric it's not fun that she died. But like, <laughs> what a fun, what a fun intro yeah. uh, into this world. And super quickly, I was listening to an interview um with uh Lev uh and he was talking about like, oh yeah, it's called Lavender House, uh inspired by some Agatha Christie novel or something like that. Mm. But Lavender Because of the flowers, yes, but also lavender marriages are Mm -hmm. what was like the beard marriages. And I didn't know it was called that. I just thought they were like beard marriages right a gay man ah. and a lesbian woman getting together is a lavender marriage i didn't or know 11, that like a, me either and so he's when, like i wanted to call it a lavender house but that would have been too on point unless we had them making soap <laughs> and there was lavender <laughs> in the garden it's like that is so good
0: <laughs> i do love that i do that oh that's so perfect i when in the book when they say like oh lavender house because of the flower but then also for the other obvious reason i just was like because gay uh, I didn't realize exactly. it was like a specific gay vocabulary. You know, right? Yeah, that's I just awesome.
1: Lavender, <laughs> lavender is queerness, yeah. but I didn't know there. Yeah, that specific term. So that was cool. <laughs> oh,
0: that's because so there fun. are.
1: I feel like there are. I don't know if it would be called historical fiction, murder mystery, but I feel like there are a lot of historical kind of tidbits sprinkled throughout mm-hmm. the book, like the the gay soldier stuff. Oh and, yeah the the way the police raids happened and mm-hmm. um all that sort of stuff so I don't know yeah Th- I for felt sure. like there was some historical fiction and setting in there
0: I think so for sure and like the 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 sort of police raids on bars specifically bars that had a reputation for being gay is really like kind of what like our whole protagonist backstory centers around in this. Uh, and mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I don't like the circumstances, but I feel like it's a really compelling way to get him into this particular mystery. Because like yeah. you said, Andy is a former cop and he's a former cop because he uh, was a closeted gay man uh, and would go to bars and use his knowledge as a cop and the raids to go to bars uh, and have sex in bathrooms and stuff. And he gets caught by his fellow police officers mm-hmm. uh, and then is fired solely for that. And then, because of that, is sort of approached by the woman you mentioned uh, to be like, okay, well, like we need someone that we can invite into our like queer sanctuary uh, who might maybe get it, who also has some experience investigating. Uh, so it's right. like a mystery, but it also is like Andy coming to terms and with his own identity and sexuality and and his current place in life like you said he's suicidal at the beginning and i would argue like through a huge chunk of the book um yeah. uh not by the end though luckily which is nice um and like being confronted with like a whole new uh like dynamic of queerness that he just didn't realize could exist or that he could be a part of so that's the part i wasn't expecting i was expecting like murder mystery that was just like queer i didn't expect the andy sort of like wrestling piece of things
1: yeah and i feel like one of the things i appreciated about this was not only was andy kind of wrestling wrestling with like where he is in life currently but the other characters kind of pushed him to then wrestle with his complicity while he was a cop and i fucking loved that because i was like oh i was like kind of mad Uh that He was a a cop at one point. And I was like, God damn it. Can't we have a murder mystery without a cop? Blah, (laughs) blah, blah. Stupid. Dumb, dumb. And then I liked that the other characters were like... You don't get a mm-hmm. free pass. Like, how come you didn't tell anybody else? Yeah. How come you didn't like tip anybody else off that this was going to happen? Like, you just looked out yeah. for yourself, and you are part of the system that beat the shit out of me or people mm-hmm. I loved uh, and love. And I was like, Yes, hell yeah, yes. It makes get it on. like a
0: much more. Uh, it makes it like a deeper story than a murder mystery has to be, and I really love that about this book. And yeah. if you like that part of this book, it sounds like. That'll be a big piece of the next one where he is now kind of going mm-hmm. into those spaces. And I believe there will be people who recognize him probably as having been a cop. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he is necessarily off easy by the end of this book. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, interesting. I'm excited. I know. I'm excited that. too. We're going to have see to how read that, that plays one, out. whether for the yeah. podcast
0: or just off. Like, We're definitely yeah. going to read that. <laughs>
1: just for ourselves. Yeah, for sure. For but sure, let's talk for about
0: sure. our, uh, I guess, basically just our suspects. I mean, almost the entire cast, like you mentioned, it's like very insular. So almost everybody we meet is somebody who theoretically could be the suspect. Uh, the murder victim, the matriarch of the soap company, uh, and the Lavender House is Irene. Uh, so that is the person that was killed. And then everybody else is part of essentially her family because that's how they talk about this group of people who live in the Lavender House is this sort of chosen and found family um, of queer folks who need a place.
1: Yeah. And I, um, one, also, another thing about Irene that I love is her witchy-ass portrait in, like, the (laughs) the main room or something or the entry room. I forget where it was. Um, But I was really – that made me chuckle. Um, Yeah. So – Irene had a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. Anytime they
0: described like how she would do things in her little like soap basement, that's exactly what it felt like. Was like excitedly throwing things into a cauldron and like seeing what happened. (laughs) So I totally get it. (laughs) Yeah. So good. Um, But yeah, the the first person we meet from this family is Pearl, who is Irene's wife, um, and cool thing about them is they just like called each other in the 50s would just call each other wives uh i mean to people that they felt safe saying that right. to but andy yeah. notes like i don't feel like I, I like i've met plenty of queer people i don't know that i've ever heard anybody say with such matter of factness and confidence mm-hmm. that this is my like a woman say this is my wife or a man say this is my husband or whatever the case may be um so right off the bat i was endeared to them cuz i was like yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah let's go lesbians
1: (laughs) yeah hell yeah leading the way uh and i feel like there were so most people in the lavender house were coupled up yeah so irene and pearl right married henry Mm -hmm. and cliff in a, a you know romantic relationship where you know cliff may be a little flirty but he's not actually gonna cheat on Henry like they are it seems pretty (laughs) solid even though Cliff is definitely going through some stuff Um, Margot, who is uh, lavender married uh, to Henry is in a queer relationship with um, Elsie who owns another queer bar and doesn't live in the house but kind of comes and goes Mm -hmm. uh, pretty regularly within and stays in there a lot those are the couples of like the quote unquote family. Then the, the like s- servant staff uh, has a couple, Dot and Judy. Uh, mm-hmm. And then poor old Pat, who's like <laughs> kind of horny and no one's having sex with him in the house. Uh, he in like the came house. on to. Andy, it seems like he does all right and has like a good time outside of the house. But as far as we know, not a relationship. And then Alice, the one straight person.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And uh,
1: the mother of one of the characters.
0: Okay. I definitely want to get into like more of these folks, but I just can't wait any longer to say when, when we were introduced to all the people and I felt like I had all the suspects in mind, I was like, we have an entire cast of queer people it's the one straight person who's the killer. (laughs) They did. (laughs) I really was like, there's no way, right? They did Um, it.
1: They did it. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, none of the queer people are going to be murdering anybody in here. It is obviously Mm going to be the straight person. How or why, the how we figure out kind of early, the why, I did not see the why coming. Um, I don't know if it's the strongest enough why, But they, like, made this character Alice, the mother of uh, Margot. They gave her a little history of being a deadly, jealous mother. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, would somebody actually do that?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I I do think, like, all of the motives in this book, and uh, this is where I would love somebody who's, like, really into mystery to weigh in. Like, I do feel like all of the motives were, like, very straightforward, very, like, simple one note, which I liked because it made it easy for me to keep track of people and understand, like, why would Henry kill his own mother? Why would Cliff kill his partner's mother? Like, so I liked that they were sort of very simple. Um, So I guess if I'm buying into any of the other ones, I'm buying into Alice's motive or whatever. But, yeah, I have no idea. Like,
1: (laughs) I just thought hers made the least amount of sense to me. A lot of the other ones were like doing with like money and that sort of thing. Sure, sure. But then Alice's was like, I heard you call my daughter your daughter. I don't (laughs) like that. I was like, okay.
0: Well, I think it helps. Wild. I think it helps that we get more context, which is that this is like not the first time she's killed someone in a, I guess, overly protective overly defensive way uh about or like over Margot um so I guess like they build that history that's probably one thing this book could have done I think this book is like delightfully short and a small package like it is not like mm-hmm. a behemoth of a book but I could easily see a version of this book that is like way thicker and deeper and more complex where mm-hmm. some of these are fleshed out a little bit more. I think hers is the one where you do get like a little bit more backstory for it, and it helps a little. But but like by the end, it's wild because she like she's the only one. I think. Oh my gosh! Like she's the only one by the end where you're like, oh, you just you just like aren't living in the same reality as the rest of us because like you're just like not right. following any sort of like social convention that makes any sense for you or anyone else. Because by the end, after she has you know killed Irene and people are onto her, she's like, well, I guess I'll just kill myself and everybody.
1: I'll just poison everybody including me and that's going to be right. And I was like, "What the fuck?"
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's wild. I mean, I guess you're right like her motivation is like the hardest to understand, but I think it's because it doesn't like it doesn't make sense and I think that like is like, that is her motivation, if that makes any sort of sense. It just kind of felt like, look at this crazy, hysterical woman. Yeah, that's that's true. I wonder if there's, like, a pattern of that. Like, uh, if there's, like, uh, if that's, like, a trope, you know? Like, in Mysteries or whatever. I mean, it definitely
1: is. I don't know if it's in Mysteries, but I I know there's definitely tropes of crazy, hysterical women. Totally. Uh, doing things. No doubt. <laughs> that, you know, probably probably wouldn't happen, right? So... Yeah, I I was just wishing because of because of it being so queer, because of it being so like, let's push back on cops as good guys and make our protagonist, you know, complicated and feel complicated feelings about that. I was like, Ugh. I, I know it's going to be the straight person, but I wish it wasn't a woman <laughs> a, like crazy, quote unquote, crazy woman, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, or if it you know, if. I mean, it didn't have to be, but if that's what they were set on, like, they sort of, they occasionally bring in bits and pieces of Alice being like, "Oh, I don't really get all you," or "I wonder why people are gay." Like, what happened? What trauma did they experience to make them queer? Mm-hmm. That almost would have made more sense. I don't know that I would want that more because that right, your, feels way your too realistic. <laughs> is
1: <laughs> your homophobia is uh, is the bad thing here? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But yeah, there's probably, uh, or almost certainly, I should say, like uh, a better, better culprit that isn't that is less tropey. Because you're right, like yeah, the hysterical woman who just like snaps and kills people solely because hysteria, the slightest reason, you know, yeah, uh, because is,
1: you called my daughter your daughter, yeah,
0: is definitely definitely a trope. I wonder, like, is it is it common or is it considered like hack to have the one person whose motive isn't. Sort of like really grounded to be the killer, hmm. you know what I mean? Because, hmm. like you said, mm-hmm. everyone else's motive is like financial or it is has something to do with the company or, or some like there's like a brief sort of like or um, they're
1: secretly hiding from their family,
0: yeah. I don't know, yeah. Oh, yeah, Cliff/Clive, slash Clive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an interesting one. I mean, th- his story, and um, honestly, like the staff's story. I would have, that's where I would have absolutely welcomed like a little bit longer of a book because, um, Mm -hmm. or, or just like having a different reason because Cliff's story almost felt like it was like a little bit of a side story that wasn't fleshed out enough to be like part of the book, um, but was kind of like the only explanation for why he would be a suspect, which is that he like ran from his family. Somebody caught on. And I think he told Irene or Irene found out someone was looking for him and basically was like, well, you can't leave the house then.
1: <laughs> right. And so you the motive was here. theoretically,
0: okay, if I can't leave the house and th- and she's the one keeping me here, I guess I'll kill her. Right. Which is still technically, I guess, more grounded than just like, I'm the crazy woman, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but I am curious. Like, it will make me interested to, I don't know. I don't know if this will make me read a bunch more mysteries to learn about this stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if I, like, find a YouTube essay about, like, mystery tropes. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Uh, or something like that. Because I am curious, like, what is what is obvious to people who read a lot of mysteries? Or, like, how predictable was Alice outside of just being the one straight person? I figured her being the straight person was, like the red herring the thing where we were like well obviously it's gonna be the straight Mm. like the butler sort of thing like obviously it's the butler and then it's not the butler
1: yeah yeah i'm i mean i think i said before obviously it's gonna be the straight person i didn't know that for sure i and i also wasn't like actively i was just kind of vibing with the book and being like what's gonna happen next Mm -hmm. so like i i mean i thought it could be likely because this one straight person but then (laughs) when i like her motive wasn't as strong like because at first i was like oh is her motive because she's an outsider in this place and that's why but that wouldn't killing the matriarch would not make her an insider Mm -hmm. type of thing so like that doesn't make sense um so like did she actually do it i don't know the other people seem like they have better reasons uh so like I didn't fully know until it was close to being revealed mm-hmm. by, like, you know, Andy that it was you yeah. type of, you know, scene. Um. So, I don't know. Did you read with, like, trying to figure it out as you go? Or were you also just kind of vibing in along for the ride I, seeing what happened?
0: I wasn't really trying to figure it out as I was going. I mm-hmm. usually don't when I read or watch stuff. Like, I'm not typically actively trying to, like figure it out or unpuzzle it. But I think I did find myself naturally just like weighing out options because they're all kind of presented to you very clearly as like, here's this person and why they might want to kill somebody. Um, I don't know that Alice was my number one suspect (laughs) because it seemed so it seemed like such a blinking light, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where it's like, hey, look at this person. This person isn't this one the crazy one who would kill somebody? And you're like, well, no, she's probably going to end up being like the misunder like the not misunderstood, but like she's like the mom who doesn't understand her daughter, but ultimately always comes around, and like around, says right? the wrong thing sometimes. You yeah. know what I mean? I kind of thought that's the direction it was going to go, um, but I don't know that I necessarily had like. A number one suspect if it wasn't her. I just figured like surely it wouldn't be her. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I had the same reaction where I was like, of course it's the straight person. Right. Like both of those things were playing in my head at the same time. Yes, agreed.
1: Agreed, agreed. And yeah, I like the I don't know. I mean, I like liked all the other characters. So I was like, I was similar to Pearl, where I was like Look outside the house. <laughs> like, Please let it be outside the house. It's gotta be the rival soap house, not <laughs> not someone inside this soap house.
0: That's another thing is the Gleam soap investigation also felt like it was such a blip. Like it was like, we're going to a social event and that's where I'm going to start my investigation into Gleam. And then it was over like immediately, which yeah. like... um. Again, I I like how short the book was, but there were certain things where I would have been fully happy to like read more. Like yeah. if this book were longer, I don't think I would have been mad.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Because like you know his his investigative work outside of that space, doing the gleam soap investigation, following Margot to that like rich person swore mm-hmm. thing. Could have definitely been a much longer thing, a much longer conversation, and like he gets the shit kicked out of him, oh my like, God, that was it. hard
0: to read, yeah, it wasn't even like the most graphic thing we've read, but that was really hard, I think, just because of the context
1: and it like it was hard to read, and for Andy, it like made something click in him because shortly after that, he apologized to Pat, mm-hmm. who had a similar thing happened, and it was like, I'm sorry. I did nothing. Like I did. Yeah. So there was a little bit of like before then, like, well, I didn't do the, the actual thing. So I'm not that bad. Mm-hmm. Right. But then after that, he's like, I'm sorry.
0: That was fucked up. You know what me. it is? I think that moment feels like such a legitimate, um, direction to go for the mystery side of the book when in fact it really exists to serve like Andy's journey. Yes. And so I feel like uh like that's where the problem was for me, where it was like, oh, I'm so excited about this new lead, but it still was a valuable thing. I just could have I could have had both. <laughs> like, I think <laughs> it would have been fun to have both. Um but but yeah it was it was a really good moment to have Andy have that realization. Right. Yeah. And that's it I think sucked. where they explicitly Oh, it totally And it sucked. like took it that was for him to like
1: yeah. understand like the system that he was a part of, mm-hmm. even if he was not the one doing the kicking, he was yeah. not doing anything to stop it and was like part of that.
0: I think that's where he explicitly says or thinks like I only ever asked about where the raids were happening to protect myself, and never thought to tell literally anyone else don't go to the bar where the raid is happening. Right like (laughs) it seems so obvious and he just like wasn't ever and and he wasn't like he obviously has responsibility there and he's obviously complicit but like he just never allowed himself to be in the space where like it was about more than him right like you know what i mean partly because he
1: never allowed himself to form any type of actual connection with anybody even just a Mm -hmm. friendship which is something that i think pat kind of calls him out for too it was like you yeah. could have had friends there. Like, we could have taken care of you. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was just so afraid that he did not allow himself to see that and to see the potential, like, camaraderie and community around him.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for him to... Read that book. ...attempt to have that. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like, you know, if 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 people catch on to the fact that he's a cop, it'll be difficult. And he will have to continue to take accountability, as we would hope. Yeah. Um. But uh, hopefully he does find that. I'm curious, like, since he ends up at the end of the book being offered an office in Elsie's building, Mm -hmm. I imagine we're going to see Elsie. But are there, uh, like, what other characters would be at the top of your list to see more of in a second book? Because I got to imagine some of them have to. Be in there, right? I,
1: I would assume all of them would make some sort of appearance, um, just because of like his connection. Even if it's just like, oh, well, I saw Pat at the club. I feel like Pat's gonna be back for sure.
0: I hope. I hope Pat's in there a lot. Yeah, or at I least like has Pat. like a significant appearance. Yeah, yeah.
1: Pat is cool. Um, Me too. I think Elsie will be there. Elsie is also cool and like very funny. I think. Um, I mm-hmm. think that doctor bartender is gonna oh be gee. a major player and future yeah. stuff. Now that I know there's future stuff.
0: I hope that Dot and Judy are like regulars at the Ruby and he just didn't know that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> me too. Cause I, I want, like them. They were like, no shit. Like you're a even cop. a
0: little bit more of them. Yeah. yeah. I also I want... know they were the first ones to be like, why the fuck would we trust you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't deserve our trust. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want more of Margot, and I want more of like Margot's funny side that started coming yeah. out towards the end um mm-hmm. and quite honestly i want to hear more about cliff clive uh cliff clive <laughs> and what was going on <laughs> a little bit more uh i w- i would genuinely be interested in hearing more about all of these characters i think there's a good chance there would be some sort of cameo by most if not all like if he stopped by sure. the lavender house for like a little dinner or something
0: um, yeah. That's I don't probably know. the easiest way to like make sure everybody shows up is to just have him go to the house. And then he has that open invitation. So yeah. I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen. I will say, like, I'm interested to see more of Cliff Clive, if only because we learn that the character we saw throughout pretty much the entirety of the book is just like not his actual self. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be nice to it'll be nice to see him like not in that state. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna have to do something with Henry to make him More interesting interesting. to me, yeah, less
1: boring. (laughs) I feel like maybe, maybe with Henry too. I I don't remember who Cliff said Henry did a really good impression of, Uh, and even if I did remember, I don't know if I knew whatever actress drawing such a blank. You know, he was impersonating, but I feel like that was like the slight tease of Henry. Like we got the slight tease of Margot. It's just I had no Mm -hmm. idea who the person was that henry was like that that connection that that imitation yeah. was like banking on so Margot's was just like Margot's kind of funny uh and henry's like henry can do a really good impersonation of this person that you don't know i was like oh cool
0: I would say let Margot be like explicitly funny and let Henry be like the straight man that like Mm. isn't funny, but it's funny because he's not like that to (laughs) me could be interesting. You know what I mean? Like if they lean really hard into the ordinariness of him. Yeah. I think they could they could play with that.
1: Yeah. Especially because Cliff is such a big character. So to have that relationship where there's, you know. I mean, it's not, you know, there's the big the big personality yeah. and the person who keeps them grounded. Yeah. <laughs> so not, yeah. not an unheard of uh, vibe.
0: Yeah, very much their dynamic, yeah. for sure. I loved any time they described Cliff being like basically like two articles of clothing and like <laughs> draped over Henry as Henry's like eating soup or yeah. something. <laughs> like this is amazing. Yeah. Such a funny image. Yeah. So good.
1: Yeah. Are there, I mean... Based on the ending of the book, it sounds like there's Andy is going to be, I mean, working to restore some uh, trust within the queer community, or establish more realistically some trust within the queer community, and then take on queer cases. Is that was wh- mm-hmm. is that your kind of read of the ending and what you know about the future book?
0: I think even without knowing the future book, like that's Elsie's suggestion, right? Is yeah. like we we don't have someone to take on our cases because simply being queer openly. Is enough to get us beat up or jailed, so like you have an entire clientele that has never been served before, so i think I think we're supposed to believe that like any case Andy takes is probably another queer character we get to meet,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and yeah, I think that's kind of the impression I'm getting from from the little blurb I read about the second book, yeah,
1: I'll be real interested yeah. to read it
0: me too. I liked this, i think uh yeah biggest biggest uh sort of like notes i suppose are like there are things that could have been longer and the killer could have been <laughs> better better suspect better motive other than that, or I, something better motive yeah i did have a lot of fun reading it though
1: agreed yeah i would give it a thumbs up um i yeah. have read some you know murder mystery stuff and a lot of it is like it, it was this book had dark moments but there was mm-hmm. also like light moments and like funny mm-hmm. moments and thinker moments and I feel like a lot of the murder mystery stuff I have read does not encapsulate the the multitude of that so I was really like I was I was really enjoying this um yeah so thanks for picking it
0: would you give it yeah, thumbs I- up Yeah I'd give it a thumbs up with like obviously the notes that we we had for it and I think I would specifically probably try to find like read-alikes for this book because Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that this is probably meant to be like I think the fact that it takes place in the 50s isn't necessarily just like setting for the book it feels like maybe it's also meant to be a mystery written in like an older style you know um Mm. that is a bit campier and is a bit more like uh leaning into tropes although some of them we could have done without yeah um where like the motive is like the fact that that pearl and henry's motives are literally just like we wanted to take over the company Mm -hmm. i feel like maybe wouldn't be in like a prestige novel now if it were a mystery (laughs) right Uh, but would be in like an agatha christie novel you know what i mean yeah so that's a good i'm gonna try to find i think books that read like this one and then maybe dip into one of the more like modern prestige mystery novels, like gone girl or something. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about that book. I just feel like everybody read it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for listening. If you read lavender house uh, and want to let us know what you thought, or if you can speak to any of the like kind of questions or Uh, musings we had about mystery books and tropes and mysteries and that sort of thing please email us at novelgamingpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at novelgamingpod and if you enjoy what we do you can rate, review and subscribe to Novel Gaming wherever you listen to podcasts. We would be very grateful for it and we will be back in a couple weeks with a new episode. Bye!
0: Bye! (laughs) Beep, beep, beep.